Going to have a fun show on this edition of the South Central Wisconsin Prep Report. We're going to bring in Jose Matamoros in just a bit. He is currently the Beaver Dam Boys High School Hockey Coach as, as they get ready for their playoff opener against Appleton United on Tuesday. But we're not going to be talking hockey today. I mean, I know that Jose is rising through the ranks of minor league baseball as an umpire. But a month or so, he's going to be heading out to spring training and run through the Texas League one more time and just a few steps away from Major League Baseball. So we're going to break down what life is like on the road as an umpire and how he got into it and and just uh, what his vision is for his future right there as well so it should be a fun show today appreciate jose giving me some time as we got a chance to sit down and talk about his career in blue we also need to thank another great umpire in the area bruce kaufman over at flyway carpet cleaning because he is a big part of this show big supporter of area high school athletics if you are looking to get your carpet cleaned contact bruce at flyway carpet cleaning uh, check out flywaycarpetcleaning.com whether it's your home, you have an office you need the carpets cleaned, or you have an apartment complex, Bruce can take care of you. Again, flywaycarpetcleaning.com is the website. Also, like us on Facebook, search South Central Wisconsin Prep Report, or follow us on Twitter at SCW Prep Report. We have shows every single Saturday and Wednesday during the high school sports season. Again, we're going to bring in Jose Matamoros, the head boys hockey coach at Beaver Dam High School in just a bit as his career rises through the ranks of minor league baseball as an umpire. That's coming up next on the pod. Thanks for listening to the South Central Wisconsin Prep Report. It's our goal on the program to promote the youth of our area and the great things they do in a positive manner. One company that shares the same vision is Bruce and the staff at Flyway Carpet Cleaning. They proudly service customers all across South Central Wisconsin, including the Beaver Dam, Burnett, Columbus, Fox Lake, Randolph, Wapan, Fond du Lac, Horicon, Juneau, Mayville, Houstisford, Fall River, Clyman, Lowell, and Reeseville areas. I can tell you this, when I moved to Beaver Dam and I asked around as to who I should contact to clean my carpets, the consensus was Flyway Carpet Cleaning, and Bruce didn't disappoint. Flyway Carpet Cleaning provides residential and commercial cleaning services. Whether you need a small stain removed or your entire home or office cleaned, they have the experience and the tools to complete the job on time and on budget, all with the personal attention that you deserve. They service homes and apartments of all sizes. Whether you need a spill cleaned or hosting an event or want your floors to sparkle, you may have pet odors and stains, or just want your floors to be fresh and clean, they have you covered. When it's time to get the carpets cleaned in your office or home, I strongly recommend Flyway Carpet Cleaning. Give Bruce a call at 920-885-6188. That's 920-885-6188. Or check out flywaycarpetcleaning.com. Flyway Carpet Cleaning, they don't cut corners, they clean them. And if you see Bruce around town from Flyway Carpet Cleaning, thank him for being a part of the South Central Wisconsin Prep Report. Right now, let's bring in Jose Matamoros. Many of you know him as the head boys hockey coach at Beaver Dam High School, but there's also a lot more to Jose that we want to talk about here. He's moving himself up the ranks as a minor league umpire. Uh, Jose, first of all, thanks for giving us some time. Yeah, thanks, Wade. Thanks for having me. Hey, first of all, tell us a little, before we talk about uh, umpiring and such, uh, tell us uh, where you're from because you're from the area. So I was born in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, in November of 1990, and then we moved to Waupon, Wisconsin, uh, in February of 92, and I've lived in Waupon ever since. And where are you at right now when it comes to umpiring? Uh, I just finished my, I guess you could say, like, year five and a half uh, this last year. Double-A uh, Texas League, it was my second year in double-A. Finished the year as a crew chief, uh, worked the championship series, 
And then I'm slated to start the year back in AA right now, but um, there's always that possibility of being moved to AAA. So once the hockey season gets done, uh, you are heading south to spring training? Yep. March 18th, I fly out to Arizona. I'll be working at the Colorado Rockies camp in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I'll be there for about two and a half weeks, and then I fly back home for a few days and then start my season. So let's rewind. You were born in Madison. You ended up in Wapan. And tell us where your journey took you there to, because uh, obviously you played some college hockey as well, and how you ended up uh, you know, in blue. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy long story, but uh, it's a podcast. We have as long as you want. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I guess it started, you know, I, I played all the youth sports growing up. I, I played baseball, played hockey, uh, soccer, football. Um, and then about 13 years old, there was a guy from Wapan named Kent Vanekolk and he was, um, I'm not sure if he was the league president at the time, but he was like the chief umpire at the time. Of which league? Uh, Wapan youth little league. Okay. And he came up to me and he said, "Hey, let's let's umpire. You know, it's a good way to you know earn a little side cash for you uh, at this age and and uh, and good experience or whatever." And they needed more guys uh, that were like in the game to umpire. So I started umpiring at 13 year, years old. I liked it. Um, I started to progress, working like little league tournaments, youth tournaments, things like that. I started uh, umpiring in different cities. Um, then Kent. Uh, kept training me and brought me along. I started working like JV high school games while I was still in high school. Um, and then at some point during high school, I, I kind of thought in my head, I was like, you know, this would be kind of cool to do professionally. Um, so I went off to college and um, my freshman year, I got a phone call um, from, a, from a lady at our youth in our Little League. And she said, hey, you ever thought about going to Little League umpire school? I was like, Little League umpire school? She's like, yeah, there's a thing in Indianapolis. There's a guy that came up from Madison, and he said they're looking for guys to go to umpire school for Little League in Indianapolis for a week. Would you want to go if we paid for it? And I said, yeah, sure, why not? So April of my freshman year of college, I skipped class for a week. Uh, my mom drove me down to the east side Culver's of Madison. I met this guy named Jason Kelly. First time ever meeting him. Uh, my mom dropped me off, asked him a few questions like a typical mom would do. And, uh, we went our, went on our way and, and, um, we hit it off really well. Uh, drove all the way to Indianapolis, uh, made a lot of really good friends that I still today am great friends with the guys in, in little league and, and they don't umpire just little league, they umpire high school and collegially too. Uh, so that was a great week. Uh, Jason and I became really, really close, uh, really good friends. Uh, he introduced me to some other guys too from the Madison area, um, uh, Rob Rule, Jeremy Kautza, Rich Fraunheiser, who's actually the commissioner for, I think it's the Flyways the Trailways. Conference. Trailways, that's it, yes. Trailways Conference, yep. And um, Dave Tome was another guy. So I, I got to meet all these guys. They took me under their wing, started working like Little League district tournaments, uh, state tournaments. I actually worked the senior level regional tournament in Peru Oglesby uh, back in uh, what would be like 2011 and 2012. Um, so then after that, I, uh, I, I talked to Jason a lot cause Jason had gone to professional umpire school back in, I think it was 2006. And he said, all right, if this is something you want to do. If you want to be a professional minor league umpire, you need to finish college first. And I was like, all right. So I, after I graduated from UW Milwaukee in, in 2013, um, I enrolled to what was called the umpire school 
in January of 2014. Uh, now it's called Minor League Baseball um, Umpire Academy. And so I went down there, drove my drove my car down there January of 2014, was there for four weeks. I think there was about 90 to 100 guys there, um, a couple girls too. And I was one of 26 guys to get invited back to what they call the evaluation course. Sure. Now you are what age at this point? 29. Is that typically where people are are starting at, at and umpiring in that age age frame? Oh uh, yeah, it, it's a wide range. I mean, there were guys that were fresh out of high school there, so they were, you know, I mean, they lived at home and not boom, were at umpire school at 18 years old, and uh, there were guys there that were in their uh, early to mid 30s trying to make it as a professional. There are also some a few, a few older guys, uh, like 50s, 60s, that were just there to get better. So, how old are you now? 29 now. No, I mean, no. how old? I mean, how old were you when you uh, initially went to the school? Oh, oh I was. Uh, I had just turned uh, 23 a couple of months before, so I was 23 years old when I went to umpire school. So you go back to the second round of umpire school. What happens there? So yeah, it's a 10 day course. It's super intense. Um, it, it's similar to school. It's structured where we wake up, we have breakfast. Uh, we have classroom instruction, lunch, and then we have on-field instruction. And basically, they take everything that we learned in umpire school, and then and they kind of apply it to like game simulation uh, type deals. Um, you know, they get in your face, they yell at you, they try to see how you handle situations. They throw weird plays at you that are like uh, designed and controlled to see how you officiate them and umpire them. And then when you're done taking your turns, you know, they pull you aside, they critique you, break you down, uh, talk about the things you did well, things you haven't done well, things you need to work on, uh, things like that. Um, it's almost like I kind of compare it to like a boot camp, but for umpires. Sure. So you get through this second second phase of it, and then you just go back and start umpiring uh, high school games again. Do you have more college games? Uh, how, how do you how do you try to to, uh, I guess, uh, I guess garner your services to different places as you, you want to you know build your resume? Yeah, so after the evaluation course, uh, there's basically three options. Um, they sit you down individually, one-on-one, and they're like, all right, we have this many minor league jobs um, available. We want to offer you a minor league job. Or you could be like this. I got option two, basically, uh, off the start was I was a reserve umpire. Um, so they were sending me to a league called the Coastal Plains League. It's a summer uh, wood bat collegiate league, similar to the Northwoods League, where you see the Madison Mallards, uh, the Dock Spiders, and Fond du Lac, things like that. Uh, except for that league I went to was in the Carolinas, so North and South Carolina and Virginia at the time. And I think it's actually expanded now to Georgia. Uh, so they assigned me to that league. Or the third option is they just send you home, and they say – if we need you, we'll call you. So when you're that young and they send you, you're going to the Carolinas or wherever they're sending you, is that is that is that an all in your dime then? I mean, I'm sure you're not getting rich doing that kind of stuff. Is that one of those things where you look at it as paying dues and things like that? Yeah, it's you know, it was, it was kind of devastating to hear because, you know, everyone goes down there and, when, and you're at the evaluation course. Like everyone's like, I want to be a professional umpire. I want to get in the minor leagues so I can work my way up to the big leagues. Um, so I was kind of heartbroken at first. Uh, going to the Carolinas, yeah, you're not making a whole lot of money. Um, I, I think it's changed a little bit since I've been there, but when I was there, the, we, we made, um, I think it was like just over $1,700 a month, uh, before taxes. And then they gave us, uh, vouchers for food in, in most of the cities that we went to. <laughs> so you get so, McDonald's gift cards and what do they give you? Yeah, kind of like, uh, so I've gotten like gift cards about Jangles. 
uh, one of my favorite restaurants actually ever was uh, we were in Columbia, South Carolina, and there's this restaurant down there called Lizard's Thicket. It's just great home cooked Southern soul food. It, it was delicious. But yeah, there's times we, you know we're eating lunch at Fazoli's or Sonic. Um, dinner would be you know Applebee's or you know something they give you like a ten dollar gift certificate or or something like that. So yeah, each city you went to, you, you kind of knew what you were getting for food and and uh it it was rough because you're going from city to city every day not too many days you were in the same place more than once so you'd work a game you you go out to eat you go back to your hotel next morning you're getting up and you're driving to the next city uh you're doing your own laundry and and yeah it was it was rough times back then are you responsible for your own lodging and things like that as well or is that covered by the league uh so that was covered by i think the teams covered it but they told they would tell us like okay when you're in um uh, Florence, South Carolina, you're staying at the Best Western. When you're in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, you're at this Holiday Inn. So then we would just have to call ahead and make sure, like, hey, do you have uh, rooms for, you know, Jose Matamoros and, and uh, James Fulski on these days? And you worked with your same crew, and when you get sent, like, the Carolinas for, like, uh, the college wood bat league, same crew the whole time for the most part? Uh, yeah, so it's similar to the minor leagues. For the most part, you were assigned a crew. So my first partner's name, his name was Ryan Barn or Ryan, Ryan Barney Castle. He was from North Carolina, which was great because he knew the area. And there was times where we drove past uh, where his house was so we could stop at his home and, you know, get a home-cooked meal and see family. Um, but so Ryan and I were together for, I don't know, a few weeks, maybe a month. And then Ryan got the call, hey, you're going to the minor leagues. And that was just another heartbreaker for me because, you know, you're waiting for that call. You're waiting for that call and your partner gets it and like you're happy for him. But then it's like, man, I'm stuck here grinding it out. And then I got a new partner, uh, James Folsky, who I alluded to earlier. And and uh, him and I actually finished the season together there uh, down in the Carolinas. So you finished up that league. And uh, did you get the call then to the minors after the season or, or where did where did it take you after that? Yeah, so that summer was crazy. I ended up working the All-Star game uh, for the Coastal Plains League in 2014 um, in Moorhead City. Uh, side story real quick to yep. that. So we're working the All-Star game, and we're at the hotel in Moorhead City, North Carolina. And you know they brought in a performer for the day before the games, you know, have a little party, have sure. a little concert. And it was actually Sam Hunt. Okay. So, it, but it was before Sam Hunt. Before was, the house party song or whatever? Yeah, like it was before Sam Hunt was Sam Hunt. So I'm sitting there in the lobby of my hotel with Sam Hunt, and we're just talking. And I'm like, who's Sam Hunt? And so then that night, he was up on stage. You know, he's singing some country songs. And then I think Dirk's, is it Dirk's, Dirk's Bentley? Bentley? Or Keith Urban. Someone sings, I think it's Keith Urban sings a song called Cop Car. I think it's called. Okay. I, I think it's called. I'm pretty I'll sure. I'll believe you on that. Uh, one. Yeah, I'm pretty positive. People are, you know, I I love country music and people are probably laughing at me now, but I'm pretty sure it's Keith Urban. Yeah, sings a song called Cop Car. Well, Sam Hunt wrote that song, so he's performing the song on stage, and I'm like, oh, this guy's like, he's a, you know, he's a writer or whatever. And then all of a sudden, that fall, uh, he started, you know, becoming famous. You know, Body Like a Back Road. He wrote it and a couple other songs. Um, but yeah, so back to baseball. Uh, so I worked the all-star game and we're starting to get to August and it's the playoffs for that league, uh, end of July, August. And I get a call saying, Hey, you're working the championship series of the coastal plains league. All right, cool. You know, that's, you know, that's good. You know, that must mean I'm probably one of the better guys here. And then in the middle of the first round, actually the, the night before the first game of the first round, I get a phone call 
or a text message in the morning. I got a t- first. I got a text message in the morning, and it's an umpire from the East Coast. His name's Chris Scott. We went to umpire school together, and he just texted me and he said, "I love you," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "I go, I love you too, bud. What's up?" <laughs> and uh, he goes, "Go check uh, your minor league website. We all have our own." Uh, login for like a little micro site for, for minor league baseball, basically a little portal. Um, and I log in and it says, it says Arizona rookie league on my, on my portal. So I had been promoted and I didn't even know, like they had already changed it and, but no one had called me and he texted me. Um, and, uh, it was actually on my, my little sister's birthday, um, August 7th of 24 of 2014, I was promoted, and then then that night I got a phone call from the league president at about six thirty. I was in the locker room getting ready for a seven o'clock playoff game, um, and I flew home that weekend on a Saturday. I was able to see friends and family Saturday night, and then six in the morning on Sunday I flew out to Phoenix, Arizona, and I worked my first game that night and um, surprise tech, uh, surprise Arizona. So you get called to Arizona, and. Explain what the Arizona Rookie League is first when that season runs. So that season starts about middle of June, and it runs till about the end of August. It's really a short season. It's probably only 65, 70 games. They call it a complex league, and that's what the the rookie, like the lowest of rookie-level leagues are. Uh, there's obvious, there's one in Florida and then one in um, Arizona. And it's uh, a lot of... You get a lot of uh, Latin players that are young, still teenagers, 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, then you get some guys fresh out of college uh, from, the, from the U.S. And, and Canada and stuff that are, you know, fresh out of college. And they're, they use it to really, you know, teach them the, how to play at the professional level and, and hone their skills in without it being in a travel league. And it's kind of the same thing for umpires. Like, it's kind of getting your foot wet into professional baseball. You're not traveling. You're going back to the same hotel every night. You're just going to different uh, spring training complexes, basically, and working. What's nice about Arizona is that they play a lot of the games at night, or actually all the games are at night, and they put you in the big league spring training stadiums. So actually my first game that Sunday, which I think was August 9th um, or August 10th. I can't remember the exact date. I think it's August 9th. But – my first game was in Surprise, Arizona. So I'm working in the the Rangers uh, and Royals big league stadium. I'm behind the plate. And the first inning, almost inning and a half, I didn't have to call a pitch until about the middle, the top of the second inning. Every pitch was a strike. Uh, there was no balls thrown until the top of the second. And it was just like one, two, three, one, two, three. It was crazy. Now, what is your feeling? Uh, you seem to be a pretty cool, calm, and collected guy, Jose. But, uh, you know, you go from from the Woodback College League, all of a sudden you're at your first step in, in I guess you want to say, real minor league baseball. Uh, uh, going Driving to the stadium that first day, do you remember what you were thinking? And uh, when you stepped out, you know, between the, between the lines, uh, uh, what, what was your thought process there? I was thinking it was hot. <laughs> it, was, it was like 100 and some degrees at first pitch at 7 o'clock at night. You know, I was super nervous. Um you, you it's kind of funny when when you're that young and, and you're you're just getting in like you go through your mind of like okay what if this happens what if this happens what if this happens what if this happens what's this rule what's this ruling how do am I going to do this how am I going to talk to this guy and um because 
the attitude and the atmosphere surrounding like the summer Woodback College League was completely different than the the way the game is at the professional level, um, and the way you get treated and, and the way you handle things are were completely different. But that summer college league was great because it taught me a lot that I think guys that go straight into rookie ball don't get. Um, you know, I already knew how to travel because we had to do that in that college summer league. We're traveling every day. Um, you're responsible for your own laundry, uh, trying to find food, uh, budgeting your money. And then you're dealing with college athletes who basically don't have the rules of the NCAA uh, confining them in the summer. So I don't want to use the words free for all, but it's kind of like a, you know, it's to them, they're, they're careless and they it's kind of like a free for all for them. So now when, you, when you're there, do guys know that you're a Obviously, you mentioned in the Arizona League, there's a lot of young, really young kids. So you're still kind of an authoritative figure to them because you're a little bit older. But do you have to carry yourself in a certain way? Do they all know? The managers know? Hey, this is a, this is a rookie that's uh, that's out there, whether it be behind the plate or out on the field. Yeah, they know. They know that if you're working in, in, in that league, that you're you know you're fresh. You're you know you're wet behind the ears. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things our bosses have preached to us since day one of umpire school is perception is reality. Um, so, you know, the way you carry yourself, the way you look in uniform, the way you talk, your, your mannerisms and just the way you walk, um, can, can do a lot. You know, if you, if you walk on to the field and your uniform's wrinkly, you know, your shirt isn't pressed nice, isn't tucked in neatly, you, you know, you're kind of slouching your shoulders, you're walking slow, dragging your feet. They're going to be like, who's this guy? And, and you're not, you're not going to be believable. But if I, you know, you're walking out there, you're dressed nice, your clothes are crisp, you know, they're, your pants are ironed, shirts tucked in nice, you're walking with your shoulders back, chest out, you know, and like, not like you own the place, but with like authority and confidence, you know, people are gonna be like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. Like, and they haven't even seen your work yet. Um, and then, you know, if you do make a call or even a close call and you're authoritative with it, they're just like, okay, I believe this guy where if you're, you know, unsure of yourself and, and you, you don't look the part and kind of like, the, they're going to want to argue with you. Cause like, they're not going to believe you. Do you remember your first time in that league? I'm assuming that there was a call that somebody didn't like that you've made, uh, whether it be a ball or strike or, or somewhere else. Do you remember a first discussion you've had with either a player or a manager? Uh, yes. His last name's Schumacher. He worked with, uh, the Dodgers organization. Um, I had a play at, it was second base in the, in rook, Arizona rookie ball. And I can't remember. I think the guy was trying to turn a double play. The guy was trying to turn a double play. Um, or yeah, it was, a, I, I remember it was a play at second base and he missed the tag. But it was one of those where, like, the ball beat him by so much that everyone just assumed he was out. But the guy missed a tag. So I, I ruled him safe. And um, so Schumacher came out, and he discussed it with me. And it, it wasn't a very long discussion. And he went back, and he was just like, okay. And then he just went back. You know, he was super calm about it. He was really nice about it. His players did argue. Uh, but I mean, that, yeah, that was, that was my, the first of many. <laughs> so what is your thought process when you see somebody coming out of the dugout that wants to talk about a call? You know, it depends. It, it really depends on the day and the mood you're in and what kind of, what, what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you're thinking in your head like, oh crap, did I, you're, you know, did I, did I kick it? Did I miss this? Or sometimes you're thinking like, what's this guy coming out here for? Like, what could you possibly want to talk about on this play? 
Uh, so, I, and you know, every situation is different. Um, you're starting to run through your head like, okay, what is he going to say and what am I going to say back? Um, but a lot of times, you know, and as I've gotten through my career and gotten older, like some of the best situations I've handled, I've, I've said absolutely nothing in. You know, the manager has come out uh, furious and just argued. I just blank stare him, just look at him. And then, you know, they kind of talk themselves out and then they just walk away. Sure. And obviously no umpire. And, you know, these people watch the big leagues. No umpire wants to run to run anybody, do they? No, no, we're, I, we're never, that's not what we're there yeah. for. We're, you know, we're there to, to uphold the integrity of the game. I'm, I'm not there looking to throw anyone out. I, you know, I'm not looking to uh, call a guy out or call a guy safe because I like him or don't like him. You know, I'm there, I'm there to do my job to the best of my ability and to get every call uh, as right as I possibly see it. You know, every time, not every time we're going to be in the best spot, not every time we're going to see every pitch and, and not every time we're going to be right. And, you know, that's just the nature of the game, especially at the minor league level. You know, we're all learning too, just like the players are. It's a minor leagues is development for the big leagues. And even at the big leagues, you don't stop developing. Um, as an umpire, can you, can you admit like, Hey, skip, I may have missed that one. Or is that not allowed to do that? You know, early in your career, you're really afraid and timid to be like, hey, man, I messed up. So you get really defensive and you want to be like, no, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And you'll learn um, certain situations you just can't. You just can't be like, hey, man, I missed that. Um, but especially when you're behind the plate and if you have a good rapport with the catcher that you're working with, you know, you can be like, hey, man, did I miss that? You can ask them. And if you know you can trust them, you can ask them. And, or you can even be like, hey, man, like, you know, I might have missed that. I'm sorry. And I feel like that goes a long ways, too, because we're human. You know, I'm not I, I know even if I someday I make it to the big leagues, I know I'm not going to get every call right. Um, it, it, it's just it's just, you know, part of the game and it happens. So how long did you end up spending in the in the Arizona Rookie League? Uh, 18 games. OK, so not very long. No, I, I finished the season there. I got evaluated one time, uh, once on the bases, once on the plate, and I ranked out pretty decent, and uh, I was promoted to a uh, short season uh, New York Penn League for the summer of 2015. So New York Penn League stretches New York, Pennsylvania, uh, low A? Uh, yeah, so it's it's short A, they call it. Yeah. Um, you're in New York, the, that league's New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Vermont, uh west virginia and i think there's there's one team in ohio not as hot there as it was in arizona and <laughs> not as hot more rain uh super cool experience being in that league you'd be in burlington vermont one day then you're in you're in brooklyn new york the next day uh so it's you get a wide variety of different cities williamsport pennsylvania is in that league uh so we got to go through there during the during the world series so that was cool, super cool to see it was a lot of fun that's a pretty that's an old school minor league isn't it? that's been around for a long long time yeah that league has been around for a long time there's a lot of teams uh you know like the cross cutters in williamsport pennsylvania it, it's actually the field that they've been using uh for the big league game um during the little league world series is the the, the field they play on is the minor league field uh, except for when I was there, the Major League Baseball hadn't put the money in to upgrade it yet, uh, so it was still pretty old school. So how long did you spend in, in the New York Penn League? One season. Only one season? Only one so season. Is that typical for guys, or is that a kind of a fast track? Um, I, I would say that's average. 
Uh, it's average. Your goal is to only at the lower levels until you get to double A. The goal is to only spend um one one season. I would say in my eyes, uh, at a level. Uh, but there, you know, there's there's no. It's it's not a mar it's not a sprint it's a marathon. Sure. So you work through that you work through that league. What do you, once the season's over? What do you do? What does an umpire do, especially when they're still cutting your teeth in the lower levels of minor league baseball? What happens and, and what do you what do you work on in the off season? Obviously, a lot of guys have to go to work and uh, yeah. and, and you know and subsidize their their living expenses and such. But what what do you do in the off season? So in the off season, um, I've done a lot of different things when I came home. The one thing that's been consistent is that I've been substitute teaching. Uh, you know, there's a high need for it. Um, it's super easy to do. Uh, and when I got out of the, or when I first got in the game, uh, back then you needed a bachelor's degree and you just needed to apply for a license and you, you could substitute teach. Uh, so I started substitute teaching, uh, started working at Dodgeland school district and Wapan school district. Um, so I got my feet in there and then I would help my best friend on the farm every once in a while. So a few, a few winters there, I was in falls. I was working on the farm and substitute teaching. And then last year, I got into coaching. So I was coaching, farm, and substitute teaching. Uh, so then this year, I, I cut the farm out. And I was like, I'm just going to substitute teach and coach. Is that kind of a cool thing to maybe break the ice and relate to kids or when, when they figure out that you're not only your substitute teacher or a coach as you are for the Beaver Dam Boys hockey team now? Hey, I'm a, I'm a minor league umpire uh, during the spring and the summer. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um uh, you know, a lot of like really younger kids are like, oh, do you work with the Brewers or, or something like that? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes I see them. And and uh, right now I, I'm doing a, a job at, at Wapan High School. And and during like they, they call it win, which is like a study hall period. Uh, a lot of the kids come in like, hey, Mr. M, can we let's watch some of your rejection videos or let's <laughs> watch some baseball videos of you. So I'll put them up on the board for them. Um, so you went from the New York Penn League, and then what was the next stop? Midwest League. Okay, which is right here, and yep. uh, and people maybe have seen you work. Yeah, yeah. So you know the Timber Rattlers are in that league, uh, the Beloit Snappers, um, it, a lot of teams that are close to close to home. It was it was a great league. A lot of it was it was, a, it was probably one of my favorite leagues. It probably is my favorite league so far to, that, that I've worked in. Um, I don't know, maybe it's because I was at home or in my home, you know, area. The, you know the weather here in the summer is fantastic. I I miss that cool, you know, seventy degrees during the day, sixty sixty five at night. I, I miss that weather and a lot of really cool stadiums. It was the first long season that uh, I got in. So when we say long season or full season, it's a hundred and forty game schedule. So you're starting at the beginning of April and you're going till Labor Day. Um, but it was cool, you know. It, Growing up and going to like Timber Rather games for a field trip at, as an elementary student and, and not really knowing anything besides that, you know, it's a baseball game to, you know, driving to the Timber Rather Stadium in Appleton uh, with my partner and, and walking through the back door to get to the locker room and then walking down the steps and walking out onto the field at a field that I've been at a hundred times in my life. Um, it's a pretty cool feeling. And, and actually one time I got booed out of there. So it's pretty funny, you know, working in what would be like my home stadium and, and getting booed out. So what you, you, you didn't give the, the right call to the home crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I struck out a kid named Jake Gatewood. Um, I think he's still in the Brewers minor league system and, uh, and Jake and I had a few words and then me and, and the skipper from Apple or from the Tim brothers had a few words and, uh, and then so the the whole crowd booed me. So 
Does it change umpiring as you move up? I mean, is it different, or is it the same as when you were in, when it comes to what you're doing when at rookie ball, or as you move to you know low A, then you're in you're in to, to the the long season A ball, and you know then we'll talk about double A in a little bit. Um, it, it changes. I mean, like the 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 basics and the basis of what you're doing are are, are always going to be the same. Um, but as you move up the ranks, you know, you get a little bit more freedom with like styles of calls and, and, and things you're allowed to do. Um, you know, we, we can't go no naked gun, you know, split, <laughs> no Frank split. Drevin or yeah. Rico Palazzo. Yeah, no, none of that. Uh, we got, you know, we still got to remain professional and, and looking professional, but you get a little bit more freedom. Um, and as you go up the ranks too, a lot of the players that you had, uh, at the lower levels, you kind of work your way up with them too. So you get to know them. Uh, you get to see the same faces. You know how they play. You know how they talk. You know how they act. And then the same thing with us, uh, which is why it's so important, I think, for us to have a good rapport and, and to stay professional is because when you get to the big leagues and, the you know, the veteran MLB guys aren't going to know who you are and, you know, they're going to go to the young kid on the bench and be like, hey, rookie, who's this umpire? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? You know, how how is he on the field? You know, and things like that. So you spent how many years in, in, in the Midwest League? One. And then you ended up where? Uh, Florida State League. Okay, is that now still A or is that? So yeah, so single A is split up into yep. to low and high. Yep. So Midwest would be low, and then the Florida State League would they call it like high A advanced. And so then you just move up. And now is that now is the Midwest League where sometimes you get a lot of the college kids? They start little once rung lower. Or you get cause maybe college kids uh, when they get drafted will end up let's say in Appleton, or do they end up? They don't really start in the high A, do they? Uh, not. I, I don't think I've ever seen yeah. a, a college kid go straight to high yeah. A. I mean, they can move through the system pretty quickly, uh, but usually, like even like your top end, like Division One college baseball players that get drafted really high, they're gonna go to short season mm -hmm. low A first and probably spend a full year there before they go up to high A or even double A. Sure. So then you're at high A. Obviously, in Florida, weather's a little different than Wisconsin too. <laughs> yeah, Florida was way different. Uh, it rained every day. And you could have a, a seven o'clock game, and it will rain at six thirty, and you will play at seven o'clock. How? Where does that league, that league just Florida? I'm trying to think, or is it stretch out into like Alabama or Georgia or anything? Nope, that league is just Florida, and it's mainly played um, at the big league stadiums at the spring training complexes there in Florida. I think the only field I worked on that wasn't a big league field was Daytona Beach, it's the old Jack Jackie Robinson Field. And then there was a field in Kissimmee, Florida, that was actually the old Astros facility. So it was a it was a big league field for spring training at one time. Travel for that league not as widespread as the Midwest League. <laughs> not definitely not as wide as the Mid Midwest League, and, and nowhere near what it is in the Texas League. Uh, uh, I think the longest drive I had in the Florida State League was three and a half hours, and. Uh, that's not even an average drive in the Texas league that I'm in right now. So now you went from that league then is the, so the time frame here is you moved to the Texas league in the next year then, or how long did you spend in Florida? Yeah, So Florida state league was the summer of 2017. And then I was promoted to Texas league in the summer of 2018. And again, what was the summer that you started uh, in uh, the Arizona league? Uh, August of 14. So 14. Now here we are in 2020 and you're in the double a Texas league for mm -hmm. your second year. This will be, if I if I go back to Texas League this year, it'll be my third year. So you're not exactly sure we're going to be, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Now you get to Double A, you get to the Texas League. That's where you're seeing now a lot of guys. That's almost like in the old days what Triple A was. The uh, the younger players that are one step from the bigs, they go from Double A 
to the big leagues. And so now you're seeing a different dynamic of, of athlete, aren't you, when you get in, into double A and just uh, what, what's that, that experience been like the last couple of years? Yeah, one of my supervisors and a lot of the guys told me that like the biggest jump you're going to see in your career is single A to double A, and that couldn't be more true. Um, the guys in double A are gamers. I mean, like they can play the game really, really well. I mean, and not to say that lower levels can't either, but I mean, they're still developing and they're still learning. But double A, that's when you really start to see the highlight reel, like diving catches in the outfield, you know, infielders making plays they shouldn't make and throwing guys out. They're a lot faster. They're stronger. They're smarter. Uh, pitchers are are dealing really, really good stuff. Um, so you got to be on, you got to be on your toes, uh, especially coming in your first year in Double A. It you got guys who have some time. You'll have guys who have big league time, big league experience, and they're trying to make it again. Or <laughs> you have guys that are up and coming that are you know multi million dollar. Uh, signing bonus guys that are just really, really good athletes. Uh, and then you even got umpires. You know, you got some umpires that have been in the game for seven years now, and I was only entering, like, year four. So there, you got a wide range of, of age, a wide range of experience, um, and it's the first time that you really see some, like, separation in, in the level of play. Even with umpiring, you know, it, it... – seems like it's just like if you're a player you're in you're in the Arizona League Jose and you're like hey there's a lot of guys here that are umping but is it the case once you get to double a you're thinking hey I might be able to get to the show yeah you know it starts to come like a little bit a little bit more real I remember it seems like yesterday we were at umpire school and we're like man if I could just get to the the Midwest League I would you know work a game in, in Appleton I'd be happy and then it was oh double a so far away but if I could just work in the double a like you know I'd be so happy and now you get to double a and it's like it starts to become a little bit more real. Like, man, I got here quick. Like, it only took a few years to get here. And now you're like, okay, you've spent a couple, two, three years here, then it's AAA. And then and once you're at AAA, you're being supervised by Major League Baseball. And then, then it's the timetable is unknown. It could be one year or it could be five years. You know, you, you don't know. So in your situation right now, uh, you mentioned you're coming back for another year in the Texas League. Obviously, you'd like to move up at some point. You'd like to make you know two steps up. But uh, from your perspective, where you're at, uh, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Um, you know, it's close. I I, I think you know, the end, every year they give a a, a mid season ranking and a year end ranking. Um, they, they they rank you in a number out of the number of guys in your classification, uh, and then they give you a long uh, a long sheet breaking down all of your uh like how you look in uniform how you handle situations uh things like that uh it, it's pretty detailed and pretty in-depth uh so you read through that you take their advice things you did well things we need to work on and you try to work on that going into the next season um i know i'm close right now uh i don't know exactly how close but i know i'm really close i know there's the possibility of potentially being in triple a to start the season and that would be fantastic uh, but I would definitely be uh, very happy uh, to go back to be a, a crew chief in the Texas League again to start the year. Triple A, then do you fly? Start flying to places or is it still drive? Uh, one of the leagues does fly. The, the Pacific Coast League, the PCL, uh, they fly from city to city except for some of the shorter drives like your Nashville to Memphis or um, Round Rock to like San Antonio. They'll drive. But if you're going from Fresno to Vegas – you're flying, or Vegas to Des Moines, Iowa. You know, you're flying those times. So once you get up to AAA, and then you end up in the big leagues, is it one of those things where then are you 
how are you evaluated year in and year out? Because you know, obviously, you get guys that have been been in the bigs for you know thirty years as umpiring. How does that how does that work? Then once once you finally you know, get to the show and get to the major league baseball. Yeah. So at, at the double A level and below, they our supervisors. Uh, we have a thing in our contract that requires them or, or says that they need to come out so many times, so many years, or so many times in a year, and and see you at each position so many times, and they have to give you a written eval and and all these things and. At the AAA level, it's a little bit different. You could get seen twenty times, or you could only see get seen, you know, a couple times. Uh, it just depends on when the major league supervisors come around and come see you. Um, and then from there, you know, they they kind of evaluate uh, what they're looking for. Uh, a lot of the things that we've talked about before with how you dress, how you handle yourself, how you handle situations, style of calls, judgment of calls, things like that. Um, personality goes a long ways to your rapport with your partners rapport with uh on-field personnel uh, uh things like that and then um and then from there it becomes a whole nother process uh of how you get selected to go to major league baseball now we've been talking a little bit before uh rolling the show here jose but um obviously as you go through the minor league system you know Big names, if say something, or even big names of guys that are perennial big leaguers end up with an injury or something. They end up getting sent down for minor league uh, rehab assignments and such. You've had a you've had to cross paths with some. Uh, you've had to cross paths with some pretty big name type of players uh, in your umpiring days. Yeah, I mean, just this year we had. Um, I think it was like my fourth game of the season. I think Clayton Kershaw took the mound for us in Tulsa, Oklahoma, on a double A rehab uh, uh, rehab start for us. So I mean. It's someone you have seen on on TV your whole life, and then now you're standing, you know, five feet from them on a on a field. Uh, I've had Albert Pujols, Martin Maldonado, Chris Iannetta, uh Chris Young. Um, I mean, I've I've had, I mean, just countless, countless big leaguers. Now, obviously, what's it like being behind the plate? Do you prefer behind the plate? Do you prefer a certain base? Uh, just to, do you have anything that, that that you like most about umpiring? Is there a certain <laughs> position that, that you feel most comfortable? Uh, it depends on the day. It, it really depends on the day. Um, you know, there's days where it's like, oh, man, I'm glad I wasn't behind the plate to, to have to call that pitch. Or or there's days where you're behind the plate and you're like, man, I'm glad I didn't have to make that call at first base. Like, um, But, it you know, it really depends on the day. I, I I have always uh, really enjoyed strapping on the pads and, and getting behind the home plate. Um, you you have a little bit more control of the pace of the game and and things like that and, and how the game is going to kind of get dictated with the strike zone that you call and and things like that. So I I guess if I had to pick, I'd probably pick behind the plate. Um, but it's it's definitely at the professional level a very mentally and physically exhausting job. So. You mentioned strike zones are kind of tinkering uh, with uh, with electronic help. I guess you can say with strike zones. Uh, as an umpire, how do you adjust to that? Um, I just you know it, it hasn't affected me yet, so I haven't thought too much about it. Um, I just go out there and try to do the best that I can with with what I've been instructed to do. And and it, and as for the electronic strike zone, I just I, I'm not worrying about it until I have to. Now, so again, we have about uh, a month or so until you have, you have a hockey season to finish up here with, with Beaver Dam, and you hope that uh, you're pushing that deadline of when you have to leave pretty tight. You're making a little playoff run, Jose. But uh, again, what, what's the timetable uh, for you going back to, to work, I guess, and putting on the uh, the blue? Uh, so I'll fly out March 18th uh, to Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, we'll probably work our game, first games, uh, March 19th. And then uh, that'll probably be the first time I see a pitch since last September when I worked the playoffs 
uh, finished our last game in Tulsa, Oklahoma before I flew home middle of September. Um, I'll I'll come home around like April 4th for a few days, and then I fly out again April 7th to start my season. So obviously umpires need spring training just like like the players. Uh, Yeah, I definitely need it. I think it was the spring training of 2018. Yes, it was my first year going to double A. Uh, it was the second day of spring, my first plate job. And that was the game where I have Martin Maldonado catching Chris Iannetta catching Albert Pujols is batting. And it was really funny. So, so Chris Iannetta is catching, right. And he's, he's been in the big leagues for a long time. And Albert Pujols takes like a first pitch curveball on the inside corner. And I, I strike it and he kind of goes, and (laughs) I was like, I go to Chris, I'm like, did I miss that? And he's like, no, man, that's just how Albert is. Uh, I was like, all right, good. Was, and, but then it was really funny because, I, I, you know, I was so nervous because I don't want to call a pitch that I may call like on a, a single A guy an inch or two off the plate and then have them yell at me, you know, you know, because I'm obviously not as good as a big league umpire when it comes to the strike zone. I don't, I don't want to miss pitches. So I think Martin Maldonado was batting and uh, there was a pitch probably near the top of the zone and I balled it, and he goes, Poppy, that's a strike. And I was like, okay, thanks. And he's the one batting. <laughs> he's like, that's a strike. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Now, Coach, you talked a lot about uh, about you you know, working your way through the, the umpiring circuit in, in the baseball system, but obviously this is your second year as the head boys hockey coach at Beaver Dam High School. Kind of fits right into your schedule for, for baseball? Yeah, it fits perfectly. I, You know, I come home in September – Hockey doesn't start till November, and I generally don't leave for spring training until the middle of March. So even if we were to make a run to state, uh, I'm still able to coach through state, and I'm even able to coach the senior class tournament that's held in Wapan. And like last year, I coached the senior class tournament, and then I leave three days later. So it's a perfect timing. So exactly, and you've enjoyed your time coaching here the last couple of years as the head coach at Beaver Dam. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a definitely a, a very new experience. Uh, for me being a head coach of a varsity program um, still learning a lot uh, still having a lot of fun with it. it we've had great kids here it's been a great program to be around as the point of us recording this you're getting ready for a, a playoff game against Appleton on Tuesday night so I guess that's the first step in in, in making a run to pushing that deadline uh, uh, to <laughs> less time off between when you, you go back to work less time off uh, as overwhelming as it would be it, it would be uh, very awesome to have less time off <laughs> well Jose Matamoros I appreciate you giving us some time again we look forward to following your your journey which has been quite extensive so far through uh, the minor league baseball umpiring circuit and hopefully we'll see you at Miller Park sometime in the near future that would be awesome thank you We'll get back to more of the coaches on the South Central Wisconsin prep report in just a second thank you so much for downloading and listening to the show. I have a question for you. Is it time to get the carpets cleaned in your home office or apartment? If so, I strongly encourage you to contact Bruce at Flyway Carpet Cleaning. Bruce from Flyway Carpet Cleaning is the only person ever to clean the carpets in my current home. He did a fantastic job at an affordable price. and I'm a strong believer in supporting those who give back to the communities that they serve as well. And Bruce and the staff at Flyway Carpet Cleaning are always supporters of our area youth as they compete in high school athletics, in school, or in extracurricular activities. I always see Bruce and Flyway 
Flyway Carpet Cleaning involved. Flyway Carpet Cleaning provides residential and commercial cleaning services all across South Central Wisconsin. Whether you need a small stain removed or your entire home or office cleaned, they have the experience and tools to complete the job on time and on budget, all with the personal attention that you deserve. Now, did you find water in your finished basement and need it out as soon as possible before any more damage is done? Flyway Carpet Cleaning is the place to call. They also offer emergency services in case life happens and you need your carpet cleaned as soon as possible. When it's time to get the carpets cleaned in your home, apartment, or office, you need to call Flyway Carpet Cleaning. Give Bruce a call at 920-885-6188. That's 920-885-6188. Or check out flywaycarpetcleaning.com. Flyway Carpet Cleaning, they don't cut corners, they clean them. Going to have a fun show on this edition of the South Central Wisconsin Prep Report. We're going to bring in Jose Matamoros in just a bit. He is currently the Beaver Dam Boys High School Hockey Coach as, as they get ready for their playoff opener against Appleton United on Tuesday. But we're not going to be talking hockey today. I mean, I know that Jose is rising through the ranks of minor league baseball as an umpire. But a month or so, he's going to be heading out to spring training and run through the Texas League one more time and just a few steps away from Major League Baseball. So we're going to break down what life is like on the road as an umpire and how he got into it and and just uh, what his vision is for his future right there as well. So it should be a fun show today. Appreciate Jose giving me some time as we got a chance to sit down and talk about his career in blue. We also need to thank another great umpire in the area, Bruce Kaufman over at Flyway Carpet Cleaning because he is a big part of this show, big supporter of area high school athletics. If you are looking to get your carpet cleaned, contact Bruce at Flyway Carpet Cleaning. Uh, check out flywaycarpetcleaning.com. Whether it's your home, you have an office you need the carpets cleaned, or you have an apartment complex, Bruce can take care of you. Again, flywaycarpetcleaning.com is the website. Also, like us on Facebook, search South Central Wisconsin Prep Report, or follow us on Twitter at SCW Prep Report. We have shows every single Saturday and Wednesday during the high school sports season. Again, we're going to bring in Jose Matamoros, the head boys hockey coach at Beaver Dam High School in just a bit, as his career rises through the ranks of minor league baseball as an umpire. That's coming up next on the pod.